Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny rolling along here on ESPN Radio again. Hail to the victors. Congratulations, Michigan. Congratulations, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and as I've jokingly said, not even jokingly, congratulations to all of Long Island. Um, where they are celebrating like crazy this morning. I, I, I want to say one thing about Harbaugh that I think needs to be said. I, I brought this up on TV this morning as well. Hembo and I did an essay. What year was it we did that essay? Uh, 2019. 2019. About Harbaugh on TV. And it was because Harbaugh was getting criticized primarily, well, not, exclusively for not beating Ohio State because he couldn't beat Ohio State. And people had this idea, Hembo and I made, I thought, an outstanding argument, if I must say so ourselves, that people have misidentified what Michigan is. Michigan, up until the last few years, is not, or had not been, for a very long time, a truly upper echelon college football program. They had not. They were legendary, they were iconic, their uniforms, their stadium, their history, They clearly are one of the great programs historically. But when you started hearing these numbers last night, maybe they surprised you. They hadn't won an outright national championship since the 40s. Bo Schembechler, who they talk about like he was Bear Bryant, never won the national championship, didn't even share one. So this idea that he was there to resurrect, he was there to erect something that had not previously been They shared a national title in 97. When Harbaugh got to Ann Arbor, they were a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten program. They had lost 10 of 11 games to Ohio State. The only game they'd won was in that interim period there where uh, Tressel got thrown out and Urban was coming in and Luke Fickle was the coach. In the meantime, the two coaches before him, Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez, were 23 and 32 in the Big Ten. They were well under, significantly under 500 in the Big Ten. People wanted to make it about Ohio State. But as we said at the time, a hammer and a nail have a relationship, not a rivalry. Michigan wasn't better than Penn State. Michigan wasn't better than Wisconsin. Michigan wasn't better than Iowa. Michigan was not on the same level as Ohio State or Alabama or some of the other top programs in college football and had not been for a long time. So when we talk about what Jim accomplished here, let's not talk about it like what Saban did at Alabama. Alabama has a history, a recent history of being great before Saban got there. It had fallen apart for like two years. They won the national championship in what year was it? What what year did they win the championship with uh, with Gene Stallings, Stallings, let me pull that up, and all of that. Regardless, the point is ninety two was the year. Ninety two. The point I'm trying to make is this: Jim Harbaugh came back home to try and make Michigan into something that everyone there believes it should be, but candidly, almost no one had lived to see it be, and he did it. What I'm trying to say, and perhaps inartfully, is that what Jim Harbaugh actually accomplished in his tenure at Michigan, if indeed it is over, is greater than most people are giving him credit for. Is absolutely the creation of something that had not been. So congratulations to Jim. 
I know how much this means to him. This is something that I think the reason he stuck it out when they took away his, when they gave him a pay cut and all that kind of stuff is that he just didn't want to go out that way. Michigan is a place that all joking aside is incredibly special to their alumni. I know a ton of them and that matters. It means something. And he wants to be able to go back there for the rest of his life and feel like it meant something. And to have left when the going was bad would have been the antithesis of that. I think he never would have felt right about going back. So now he's done it. I think he can leave now with his head held high. He accomplished everything a person could accomplish. And I think he is his accomplishment has been greater than it has been credited for. And Jim is a person who does not always engender a lot of goodwill because he's he doesn't play the game. Sometimes it doesn't even seem to me that he recognizes there is a game. Like when you're with him, and he wasn't this way as a player. When I knew him in the 90s, he was different. He was very intense. He was an intense player and a very good player, very good quarterback for the Bears. Um, he has, he, as, his, as he has grown older, and he and I are almost exactly the same age, um, you know, he's changed a lot. He's a very different guy. And so he doesn't deal with people. He doesn't always deal with people well. Like, if you're not on his wavelength, he's not interested. He's not interested in making you like him. He's interested in doing his job. He's interested in doing what he believes he is there to do. And he's done it. And so I couldn't be happier for him, for all the joking around that we do. Honestly, I found myself rooting for him like crazy last night. And I'm incredibly happy for him. I do believe he goes on to the NFL. I think he will have great success there as well. Um, but, but, you know, from me, for whatever that's worth to Jim, I, I offer my most heartfelt congratulations because he deserves even more credit than I think he's getting. I think even if Jim Harbaugh goes on to win a Super Bowl in the NFL, last night will very likely be the, the zenith of his career. But I do want to spin it forward and ask you about the prospects of his NFL future, which I think are very real. So given, given the information that you know and given the fact that he hired Donny as his agent— Let's read the tea leaves together. What do you think is the sort of likeliest scenario that plays out here, assuming that it is his intention to leave Michigan and go pro? What do you mean by the likeliest scenario? The meaning where he goes? The, the likeliest landing spot or oh, landing spot. Absolutely the Chargers. Number one for sure. Oh, yes. Over, I, over the Raiders. I know I've told you this story before, but I will tell it again because you never know who's listening when. One of the most important benefactors of the University of Michigan was a man named Ira Harris. In fact, if you look, the, the, the football coaches, like Jim is the uh, Ira and Nikki Harris football coach of University of Michigan. He was that significant of a benefactor. And his daughter, Jackie, is one of my wife's best friends. So I've known Jackie forever. And as a consequence, I knew Ira. And he was a, a ridiculously successful businessman in his life. And went to Michigan, grew up with nothing, totally self-made, went to Michigan and loved the program, lived and died with the program. Uh, And he did die uh, uh, early last year, so January of 23. And I went to the funeral and Harbaugh was there. And after the funeral, after the, you know, the, what do you call it, the ceremony, whatever, the, the service... We were at a, at a place where they were having, you know, refreshments and everyone was gathered around and talking. And Jim and I just sort of got to talking. And the conversation had nothing to do with him leaving Michigan, literally nothing. 
It had nothing to do with him being interested in the NFL, so I do not want to mischaracterize it in any way. We just got to talking about how much great young quarterback talent there is in the NFL. Mahomes and Lamar and and Burrow and whoever else came up, Allen. And I was struck at the time. Jim went on and on and on about Herbert. That's the guy he loves. He thinks Herbert is phenomenal. I I don't want to put words in his mouth. I'm not sure if he said he thinks Herbert is better than Mahomes, but he definitively talked at length about how great he thinks Herbert is. He's got all the tools, this, that, and the other. I can't, maybe he coached against him in college for whatever. I don't think, I don't know one way or another. That's who he talked about on and on and on and on. So that's always stuck in my mind that if he had the opportunity to coach in the NFL, that that would be the guy he'd like to coach. And it's there. The job is open, and he may be going to the NFL. So there's no way for me not to put those two things together. I'm glad you went there because uh, the entire list of quarterbacks in NFL history to throw more touchdowns through four seasons than Justin Herbert is Dan Marino. It's the entirety of the list. He's precocious. He's prolific. We already know this. Um, Exceedingly talented. So I did the thought exercise. What quarter, excuse me, which coach has ever come into a situation with a quarterback situation that attractive. Justin Herbert entering year five is about as attractive a commodity as any coach could enter. The two that I wrote down, and tell me if you think I'm forgetting some because this is certainly not comprehensive. I wrote down the Steelers when they hired Mike Tomlin in 2007 as Ben Roethlisberger was entering year four. He was entrenched at that point and established. And the Packers hiring Mike McCarthy in 06 He inherited Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers after year one. But if you look at quarterbacks sort of at the top of the food chain. I'm sorry, say that again. Brett Favre. So McCarthy coached Favre before Rodgers. Yes, Rodgers sat behind Favre for two years under McCarthy. I got it. So I have always had that wrong. I always thought McCarthy was just a Rodgers guy. So he had the last two years of Favre. Yeah, that's right. So those are the only two, I think, like for likes that I could find. If we're going to go a ways back, how old was John Elway when Mike Shanahan got to Denver? That's the one that comes to my mind. Elway played for Dan Reeves for years in Denver. And then they drafted Tommy Maddox in, in, in the first round. They drafted like an heir apparent and... Elway got enraged, much like the uh, it was it was a very similar situation to the um, to the Rogers Jordan Love thing, and Elway was furious, and that led to Reeves, who had been in Denver for a long time and been very successful. That led to him going out. In came Shanahan, and they won two Super Bowls. But I feel like Elway was older. Oh yeah, El- Elway was thirty five. That was nineteen ninety five. Yeah, so that's so- why they were drafting his heir apparent already. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So he was much older. Um, yeah, I was just going through the last 20 years or so. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's an excellent question and an excellent thought exercise. I wrote down two others. Um, these are not like for like, but the Giants hired Tom Coughlin when they had the third pick. They turned that into Eli Manning, which of course worked out. And then the Colts hired Chuck Pagano the year they had the first pick for Andrew Luck. Right. But That's when- different because that'll happen a lot. Sure. Guys coming in, rookie coaches, rookie like, you know, the D'Amico Ryan's um, C.J. Stroud combination now. Just in terms of inheriting, though, like yeah. this would be pretty close to unprecedented. How, how, how old was, was Peyton when Tony Dungy got there? Did they ever win a playoff game before Tony got there? I think they didn't. I don't think they did either. I think Peyton did not win a playoff game until Dungy got okay, there. Okay, so this is good. So um, Dungy got there in 2002, which would have been Peyton Manning's year five. That's right, because he, he debuted in 1998. That's really good. So they didn't win a playoff game until, uh, until 2003. So Peyton had never won a playoff game 
He was in his fifth year. There's your comp. That's a great comp. And there's Dungy, who's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. So there's your comp. So that, that's what you're suggesting you're walking into right now if you're walking into Justin Herbert. That's what I think. Yeah. And Jim Harbaugh's uh, track record for quarterback whispering is ridiculous. Yeah, it's unmatched. Let, let, me, let me turn the question around. Mm. Where do you think the quarterback makes it? It just skews it so much. Like, what do you think is the best situation? Like, you, you, it sounds to me like you're saying because of Herbert, that's the best situation. Yes, but I think that NFL coaches, if you're a prospective coach, I actually think they probably care about, like, ownership and power and infrastructure more than the fans do. Like, I look at Justin Herbert and say, oh, I'd love to coach that guy. I can win championships with that guy. But if you're a Jim Harbaugh, there are so many other factors at play so it, it might come down to which owner he sees eye to eye with how much power and personnel he's willing to see maybe he might find that in atlanta or in new england or in philadelphia dare i say like there are i think i think there are going to be a, a number of suitors for harbaugh and i don't think it will simply be about the quarterback that is already there the, the, so look i i am not going to pretend that i have done an in-depth uh research project on their roster but I feel like Atlanta is a sleeping giant. Their defense is good. Their division is eminently winnable. I mean, the, the champion of that division this year was 9-8. and eight. Um, So they're, they're not in a division with any of the heavyweights. You go, you go coach Justin Herbert, you're in Mahomes' division. Mm-hmm. And Mahomes is just as young or practically as young as he is. So you're going there, you're dealing with Mahomes every week for, or every year for the rest of your life. You go to the NFC South right now, I think that's a good situation. You've got Kyle Pitts, you've got Drake London, you've got Bijan Robinson, you've got a pretty good defense. I think that is a nice situation. Who's your quarterback? Is it Justin Fields? That's what you've got to go figure out. If Fields is an option, then yeah, absolutely. We know his affinity for the running quarterback. Right. He and, nearly won a Super Bowl with him. And he coached against him when, when Fields was at Ohio State. So That's a would, good— He would know that part, too. I like that. I like that. You trade for Justin Fields. From what we're hearing, you don't have to give up a one to get him. I kind of like it. So I think Atlanta is a pretty attractive little situation as well. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you will love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Coming up, everyone is saying something. I can't decide if they're right or not. Plus, I just got a text that is, I might have to go in my text hall of fame. This might be my favorite text I've ever gotten. I will read it to you next on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved it. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. So I just got a text. We have a favorite tweet of the day, Sounder. We don't have a favorite text of the day, Sounder. But Bubba, I just got a text that I absolutely love, and it's from Mike Tannenbaum. So Tannenbaum just sent me a note saying, Hey, Greeny, Mike Greenberg of Tampa Bay wants me to tell you that he is receiving a lot of tweets asking him to stay at ESPN. Considering that I'm friends with both of you, this is a lot of fun for me. So when I was saying that people were sending me notes and you were suggesting there's no way in the world anyone thinks that, I'm telling you, people don't pay close attention to stuff. I got a lot of notes from people yesterday saying, wait, is this real? Like, what, what are you – what are you, are you are you interviewing for a general manager job? Like I, I got serious notes of people asking me that question, assuming it had to be some mistake somewhere, but not realizing there was another person, a very qualified, capable person who was making the name proud. <laughs> Mike Greenberg has been in the front office of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for you. Super Bowl champion. Mike Greenberg, three straight NFC South champions, who is yeah. now uh, interviewing for the Panthers general manager's job and I for one I'm rooting for him but he's getting messages from people saying hey don't leave ESPN I'm telling you that people don't pay close attention to this what would you have said if Tandemum texted you and said people are asking you to leave ESPN well here's so I'm begging you to leave ESPN believe me there are plenty of those too (laughs) here's the real question what would I have done if David Tepper had reached out to me by mistake like if he had said, get Mike Greenberg on the phone. And the next thing I know, like my phone rings and I and they say, yes, uh, Mike Greenberg. Yes. Yeah. Hold for Mr. Tepper, please. And then, you know, there's a moment and then Tepper is on the phone. And he's like, yeah, Mike, I've heard great things about you. I want you to fly up here to Charlotte. I want to interview you for the general manager job. Should I have just gone? That would have been fun. Would that not have been fascinating? Oh, you would have to have gone. I would have to go to that. Absolutely. Could have hosted Get Up, like, from the Panthers' like from the office. From the room where yeah. I'm waiting. Could have played around a round of golf with David Tepper, so long as you guys avoided the beverage cart. Well, I was about to say, like, I could, what I could have done to be really funny is wear, like, a raincoat. <laughs> Like some, some sort of bring an umbrella. Like, yes, no problem. I'll be there tomorrow. Should I bring any sort of, should I bring rainproof clothing? I would do it. And here's the one thing I will awesome. say, for whatever it's worth, if someone offered me the job as a general manager of an NFL team, I would take it. You would take it? Yes. 
Let's get the Bucks assistant GM to host uh, this show. That's what we need. Who would be better with the other job? Swap. <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> I, so I've never met Mike Greenberg in person. We, the, the other Mike Greenberg. We have, um, or I'm the other Mike Greenberg. I've never met the important Mike Greenberg in person. He and I have exchanged texts over the course of time. And again, he appeared on. Do you remember, Bubba? Can you find the interview when he was on Mike and Mike? I, no, I mean, I've been looking, but it's pretty difficult to search Mike Greenberg's <laughs> Mike and Mike because I'm trying really hard, but I get it. I'm searching Mike Greenberg, Michael Greenberg. I just want to hear what his voice sounds like. I want to hear how glib he is because that is a good question. Like, if we switch jobs for a day, like for one day, who would be better Good at whose job? Good morning. Yeah, I would love yeah. to see him host if the show. If it was him. Good morning. It is a... Honestly, though, you, I know, can't what, do me myself. you know enough about like the draft. Like, I would trust you to like, at least like, like move the names around the board. Here's the one thing I'll say. On a day like today, the Buccaneers are playing in a playoff game next week. Um, you know, the draft is still months away. Arguably, if you're the general manager... Are you doing anything? Like, I think it's possible that you could be the GM and just do nothing. This is the busy season. Field a few phone calls, maybe, you know, I don't know, uh, take in a little golf. I mean, I'm not sure what, you know, go down there, give a pep talk. I mean, what is the general manager doing this week? I mean, right now they're probably preparing for the draft. Like, this is is the importance. This is their busy season. I know, but it's like four months away. Like, what preparation are you doing Oh, they have a lot of players to talk themselves in and out of. That's what I mean. They would all be better off if they didn't start this process until the beginning of April. It's a fascinating thought experiment. Uh, I'm obsessed with that idea. I would like to come. Actually, that's what we'll do. If Mike Greenberg gets the job as the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, he and I should do a job switch one day. One day he should come do the shows, and I should go be the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. Now, we have to talk David Tepper into this after I've made jokes about him throwing drinks on people. But does he strike you as a guy who has a sense of humor? Maybe. Honestly, if David Tepper calls no. you, my guess would be that he heard you excoriate him earlier in the week, right. and he was probably calling to object to that. Perhaps. Or maybe he'll respect it. Offer you a job. Why not? I have nothing personal against the man. I thought what he did was terrible, but I don't think he should be fired. And honestly, if you're taking that job, you know based on his track record, it's a, it's a short-term commitment for he you. He can't be fired. That's right. <laughs> One be day back is here longer than most it. people last. It's basically an internship. <laughs> what do you think of this idea, guys? I think you'll be there maybe less time than Jeff Saturday was the Colts head coach, but I think it would be... What would you do in your one day as Panthers GM? That's what it's I want to It's a great know. question. It's like, what would you do if you had the Stanley Cup for a day? Right. Well, I would make a trade. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. I would have to. No, who'd, I would call up Joe Douglas. <laughs> who could I trade the Jets? This is collusion. Who do they the have I want? Adam Thielen? Yeah, we could use Adam Thielen. Yeah, get yeah. a nice possession receiver for yeah. Rodgers. Yeah. Would you take Bryce Young? Well, that's what I'd do. I'd trade him Bryce Young. Mm. I trade him for Bryce Young for a player to be for needed Zach later. Wilson? <laughs> for Zach trade Wilson? Trade Bryce Young for Zach Wilson? Oh, the... I would trade him for Zach Wilson. That's so great. Yeah, that's that's what that. I would do. I'd call Joe Douglas and say, yeah, hey, Joe, it's Mike Greenberg, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about Bryce for, for Zach straight up? Who says no? Who says no? <laughs> Wait, you're not, you're not the GM of both teams. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I would like to suggest we do that. So, uh, however, whoever it is that could make that happen, let's do it. Let's have my people talk to their people. There's just people floating around that, is, that are prepared to do this, the job well, swapping. Let's see. I don't know. The Tannenbaum, get a, get a hold. Tannenbaum does seem like he could orchestrate this deal. Oh, I got a million texts in here now. 
Oh, is there other Greenberg Oh, they're listening now. That's why. This oh, is, they're listening. So Tannenbaum just tweeted, this is, or texted me, this is so good, I'm in for the job swap. So the other <laughs> Mike Greenberg said, yes, that would be fun. And then Tannenbaum wrote, doing nothing is a big part of being a good general manager. <laughs> I mean, this is giving this me is flashbacks fun. to what you mentioned earlier, to when it actually happened, and the Mets hired Brody Van Wagenen. So, I mean, this uh, this is too much. Hired an agent. Me. Let's fill out your staff. This is yeah. too painful for I mean, me. Well, let's fill out your staff. So, yeah, if who's I your assistant? The GM, well, actually, the one who would benefit the most from this is Hembo. You would run my analytics department. Done. That's the one job I have available that I know someone here could do. All I need is a laptop. And Jack would get promoted to Panthers print operations. That's right. Pan- the Jack could just come and print everything for print us. Print the Panther stuff instead of the ESPN stuff. And just generally follow you around all the time because that's what he seems to do. Bubba, what would you do? What job would you – if I became the GM of the Carolina Panthers, what job would you take? Oh, got to go assistant to the traveling secretary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Costanza, I like that. I get it. I'm not sure if anyone else got that reference but I did. Um, how about you, Cam? What job would you want? I don't want any of the responsibilities of the athletic trainers. I just want to be the person that gives the players Gatorade. That's what you aspire to? Like, of all the mm. things, the, I'm offering you a job? the only thing I'm qualified for. Well, that's true. But it hasn't stopped you so far. I'm trying <laughs> to be realistic here. But you have a head coach to hire. That's true. Who are you hiring? No, they have a head coach. Oh, no, Carolina does Carolina. It. That's right. He's not in Tampa. I'm you can do that Tampa on your anymore. one day. Yeah. Ooh, who am I You hire the head coach in the one day you have. Get Harbaugh. Who do I want to hire? Well, I doubt they would do this job swap before they hire a coach. Well, you you, you never is, know with Tepper. You turn it into a, like a reality TV show. You have the whole collection of applicants, and you decide in real time, on demand. That could be really fun. Oh, that would rate. We'd put that on ESPN. We put that on Plus. That would that would be a very highly rated show. Let's pitch that. I mean, imagine It'd be a asking, thirty for thirty. Asking Harbaugh like an invasive question about sign stealing, like yeah. live. Yeah. How, what is he saying to that? He's just ignoring the question completely. <laughs> I, I think. I think it would. Uh, confuse, where's JJ McCarthy? <laughs> <laughs> I think it would confuse Jim so much that I'm sitting in the room with him. Like he'd be the only one who didn't get that this is like a, a, a job swap mm-hmm. joke that we're doing here. That would be a good TV show. Anyway, I actually think we should do this. Like, I, I think I think there is a, a bit in this, and we should consider doing it. And so, the first thing we need is Mike Greenberg to get that job. I hope that it works out. Got and to if be. So, We're rooting we for you. Okay. Uh, next order of business. This is what I wanted to get to. In case you missed it. One more time. So this is going to be an interesting conversation for us to have. Aaron Rodgers was traded to the Jets in April. And I thought I handled the whole thing from top to bottom with a significant amount of restraint and composure, right? Like, I, I, didn't, I don't think that I went overboard on the Rogers stuff. And people, I think, associate me with him more than is actually true. I think I had met him in person twice before he came to the Jets, and I have subsequently met him once. He came here to do McAfee show, and I chatted with him. And we've always gotten along well. He's not a person with whom I see eye to eye. He sees the world very differently from the way I see it, and that's fine. Um, And I love the way he handled being the quarterback of the Jets from the day the trade was made. I've said a a million times over, he handled that situation better than any Jet fan in their wildest imagination could have hoped. So he said something in in his uh, end-of-season press conference that he had the other day that a lot of people are describing as hypocritical. And that's interesting to me, and I think we need to dive into it. This is what Aaron Rodgers said. Anything in, the, in the, this building that we're doing, individually or collectively, that has nothing to do with real winning needs to be assessed. If you want to be a winning organization, 
and to put yourself in position to win championships and be competitive, everything that you do matters. And the that has nothing to do with winning needs to get out of the building. So that'll be the focus uh, moving forward. So, so he said that. And I saw a long line of people standing there to say, well, you're the one who's gotten into this fight with Jimmy Kimmel, and you're the one who goes on McAfee every week and makes all of these statements, and you're the one who was so incredibly open about your anti-vax state, uh, you know, stand, which has all these other people, um, you know, which has a, a group of people ex- extremely upset and all that stuff. And so it is hypocritical for you to say the Jets need to cut out the BS. What I'm about to say is going to make many people accuse me of just kissing up to him because he is the Jets quarterback. But I actually understand what he means, and I think he's right. And I do not think that the Kimmel thing, the, um, the appearances on McAfee, or the anti-vax thing have anything to do with what he's talking about. I'm not supporting them. I'm not endorsing them tacitly or otherwise. That's not what I'm doing. He's an adult. He's going to say the things that he says, and he's going to have to deal with the consequences of them, however that works out. But what I'm saying is he's talking about football things, and I don't think he thinks those have anything to do with football, and frankly, I don't think they have anything to do with what's happening with the Jets either. The Jets have a million other problems. The Jets have leaks like crazy. Part of it is that they operate in the most competitive, busy, and... um, I don't know, sort of feeding frenzy-esque media market in the country. Things come out of that building all the time that shouldn't. People, people's feelings about Zach Wilson, this, that, and the other, all kinds of stuff emanates from that building. That is a detriment to winning. And people there are also extremely concerned about what people in the media are saying and otherwise. And I think that's what Aaron is talking about. So I want to be clear I'm not blindly defending or supporting Aaron Rodgers. He's not my friend. I have no need or desire to do that. I'm in no way supporting, defending, or co-signing any of the other things that he has said. Those are his things to say. Those are his beliefs. They aren't mine. But I don't think they have anything to do with what's going on with the Jets. And when he comes back next year, when the Jets come back next year... I don't think his continued appearances on McAfee, which I assume he'll continue to make, I don't know that one way or the other, or any of the rest of it, will have anything to do with how successful they will be. And the things that he does, that he is talking about, needing to get out of the building, the immaturity, the the backstabbing, all that nonsense that goes on in that building, and it's not the only one, that is the stuff that keeps teams from being successful. So... I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me. They're going to suggest that I'm only saying this because I'm whatever you want to call me, a sycophant. Call me whatever you want. I'm telling you what I honestly believe, that I think those are two separate things, certainly in his mind, and I understand it. And while I just, I feel a need to repeat it, I am not supporting the things he said. I do not believe that those are the BS that are going to cost the Jets an opportunity to win. Yeah, I don't think think you have to agree with anything or everything that Aaron Rodgers says on any topic of import to also acknowledge that what he said about the Jets is 100% right and that these are two separate things. Aaron Rodgers knows exactly what it looks like 
to play for a highly successful, highly functional organization because he did that for the first decade and a half of his career. Right. He came to the Jets, and they are the antithesis of that. And in one year, in less than one year, he learned that that is the case. So I have no objection with him calling out the franchise and the leaks uh, as BS, which he did, because he knows what it's supposed to look like and feel like. I think the stuff that happens on the side just provides cynics, provides people that are not predisposed to liking him, though, to say things like, you're being hypocritical. When any time that he makes something about him that doesn't have to be, or his weekly appearances on a show that we might not like or might not prefer that he does because it's out of the ordinary or because he happens to disagree with us about something. But if you're able to separate the football from the non-football, I think where you stand is actually in a very cogent position. Yeah. Uh, What do you think of all this, Bubba? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much just in a rabbit hole trying to find Mike Greenberg from uh, Mike and Mike. But (laughs) I I get what you're saying overall, but I think no matter what, people are just going to be anti Rogers right now because they're still no matter what he says right now, I I think what you're saying is probably true that the the real BS is the other stuff, but I think in the grand scheme of things, people don't want to hear him right now say that because everyone else is saying no, the BS is all the stuff that you're doing. That's right. I, I agree with that's what with the fact that that's what people are saying. So I, I think it doesn't really I think it doesn't really matter what he says right now because I think people are are just almost like Rodgers out right now, that they're just frustrated with how the season went, the injury and everything, <laughs> that he got the most inspirational award. Yeah. Like, there's, there's so many things that people are just frustrated with how it went that I think it doesn't really matter what he – he just needs to – there needs to be actions right now next year, I think. And, well, there's, and only I, so much, there's only so only so many actions he can take. Yeah. Look, let me be 100% clear on what I am and am not saying. If you dislike – Rogers, because you staunchly oppose his anti-vax stance. That has nothing to do with this conversation. If you if you are extremely put off by whatever it is that he said and implied and whatever it is a week or so ago, that has nothing to do with this conversation. I don't disagree with either of those things. If you are, what was the third one again that he did? Uh, just If you generally believe that, he, that an active player should not be showing up on a talk show like that every single week, speaking as offhandedly and all that kind of stuff... That is for you to believe. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm not his PR agent. I'm not any of those things. I'm merely saying none of those things, distasteful though some of them may be, have anything to do with the Jets winning or losing. Literally anything, in my opinion. And I understand what he means by the BS. That's all I'm saying. Um, I don't know how to be clearer about it than that. And the reaction is going to be what the reaction is going to be. I have no idea if they will wind up becoming more successful or not. All right, Hembo's going to give us an all-time champions list as we continue. But first, Hembo's going to give us today's trivia. Greeny, there are three Michigan quarterbacks that threw at least 100 touchdown passes in the NFL. Tom Brady, Jim Harbaugh, and whom? Oh, I like the question. The answer is next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Here we go, Hembo. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Today's question is... Three Michigan quarterbacks threw at least 100 touchdown passes in the NFL. Tom Brady, Jim Harbaugh, and whom? This is bothering me, guys, because I can only think of one which suggests to me that I, I may very well be overlooking someone obvious, but for some reason no one is jumping to mind besides Brian Greasy, who played a long time, but would he have thrown 100 touchdowns? That, that's a reasonable amount of touchdowns. He was the starter on some decent teams in Denver, um, and he played a long time. I'm going to say Brian Greasy, guys, because I can't think of anyone else. But if there is another obvious choice, I'm going to kick myself very hard directly in the derriere. Cam, you you got anybody else? (laughs) Not an obvious choice, but I'm going to go with another guy who's bounced around a lot, was a starter a couple times, and was on our morning show this morning. That's Chad Henney. Oh, I didn't think of him. So who would have thrown more touchdowns, Brian Greasy or Chad Henney? That's not a bad guess. I'm going to stick with Greasy. But I well, but you have to. That's so. a good guess. Yeah. Well, Go ahead, Bob. Thanks for following the rules. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, my first thought was Greasy. I did consider Henny. Those are the only two I could come up with, uh, other than some low level people. Cowboys legend Drew Henson. Um, I I think Greasy played longer and and has more touchdowns. So I'm going Greasy. Okay, so we got two Greasies and a Henny. What did Brandon say? Uh, Brandon is guessing Elvis Gerbat. Oh no. Oh he no. He might be right. See, I oh, come, wow. like I said, I forgot. That's a good one. He did ah! start. Well, I don't know. That's All right, let's hear it. I'm sticking with Greasy. Yeah, grab- not, not that we have the right to change it, but yeah. I would tell you if yeah, I thought stop it was saying wrong. That. <laughs> All right, we're going with it. You've heard the picks. Hembo. The correct answer is Brian Greasy. Yes! Oh, yes! Oh, yes! Oh, yes. Give me the numbers. Uh, Brian Greasy threw 119 touchdown passes. Elvis Gerback threw 99 touchdown oh, passes. Wow. Great guess. And Chad Henney threw 60. Oh, wow. really? Passes. I wasn't even That close. is good. All right, the standings Elvis. as we speak, Cameron. Uh, Bubba and I are 3-3. Three and three. You are 2-4. and four. Brandon's 1-2, and two, and Jack is 0-1. Oh All right, I'm back in the game here. Wow. Feel good. Look at, look at the agony on Brandon's face. I love it. I delight in other people's misery. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Hembo did an interesting thought exercise. Uh, I don't really know why. But we have now reached the end of the college football playoff championship era as we've long known it. And we could put it together with the BCS era if we wanted to or not. But I think you did this just the CFP era, right? Yes, just to compile a neat top 10. Okay, so there have, there, there have been 10 college football playoffs 
since the inception, since that first year when Ohio State with Cardell Jones went out there and beat Oregon and, and sort of stunned the world with that miracle run after the injuries to their quarterbacks, the first ever college football playoff, which was so new and so extraordinary at the time that it happened. We've now had 10 of them, and next year it changes entirely. Yeah, we're going to do the 12. We go to 12 teams. It'll never be exactly the same. So you put together your list. You ranked them 1 through 10. Take it away. I blended season performance with roster quality. So I looked at both. I looked at how dominant you were in that season, you know, inclusive of and especially waited for in those two playoff games that you won. And also, how much NFL talent did you produce? That was a secondary criteria, but to me, it was still relevant. So of these, you and I have been together for this entire run here. Which of those 10 teams, top of your head, having not done any of the data, any of the research, stands out to you as the best one? I'm curious if it matches my list. There are two that I can think of. What was the year that Alabama had all those guys who went to the pros? We were joking around about it recently on the show. 2017. I, I don't remember which season it was, but one of those seasons that they won the title, they had... They had like 11 pro- good pros on that team. Am I remembering that right? You yeah. are, but that team did lose a game, and that team replaced their quarterback with another quarterback at halftime of that national championship. Oh, that was that year? That was that year. All right, but that team had Mac Loaded. Jones, Tua Tungavailoa, and Jalen Hurts on it. That team had everybody. Who, who else was on that Devontae team? Devontae Smith. Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris. Calvin Ridley. They were stacked. Yeah. Absolutely low. So they jumped Jerry to mind. But they lost the game and nearly lost two. 2019 to LSU's got to be was up there. Was that the Manziel team that beat them? Would that, that have been the year? Uh, no, that was... That Manziel been, was earlier. Manziel would have been earlier. Okay, I think they whatever. lost to It's got to be LSU. Oh, the other one that jumps to mind is that one. The, the, the team with Burrow and, uh, you know, that we went to the game. We, we, that was the first year of Get Up. And we went to that national championship game. So that was Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson... Um, the running back is the kid who's in, in Kansas City. Clyde Edwards. Clyde Edwards Alaire. They had a bunch of players on defense who wound up in the league, too. Um, Derek Stingley. Pa- yeah, Patrick Queen. That team was so good. Yeah, they got to be And number they one. killed everybody. They, they broke every offensive record. I want to say they scored 49 points in the first half against Oklahoma in the semifinal. Yeah, they, they were. They were re- and I remember you and I did an essay on how they were the. I think did we do an essay saying they were the best team of all time? We did. Or? They had 17 players drafted in the first No, they had I'm looking at the, all the picks in the first 3 rounds. They had 16 players drafted in the first 3 rounds. That's unbelievable. That's my number 1 team. So they're number 1. That's number 1 for me. Um during the season they weren't quite as dominant as some of the other teams, but I think when you can consider like how good they were with the pro talent, they're number 1. I think they were an underdog at Alabama that year. That that was the big win. That was that's, the game of the year. The game that's of the century. when Burrow became yeah. Burrow was when he went in there and beat them at Bryant-Denny Stadium. I he remember threw, we, what, what's that? Sorry, I was just saying he threw 60 touchdowns that year. It's just ridiculous. 60 touchdowns. And how he many games? 14? Ridiculous. Yeah. But did they play 14 or 15 games? 15 then? and 0. 15. They played 15 yeah. then. 60 and so 6 picks. Jeez. He was that. That was. I think that was the best college. So football. they're one. They're one for me. Is one of the Alabama teams too? Yeah, but the best team that Alabama has won with was actually in 2020, the Mac Jones Alabama team. That was by by a pretty considerable margin. Actually, like their best offense ever, and as good a defense as they had. It's, it's sort of obscured because of the COVID year, but they destroyed was that, was that Ohio like State. Jerry Judy in the national championship. Who were the receivers on that team? That that they had. They sent a ton of receivers to the pros. Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and Devontae Smith won the Heisman that year, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. They I think had that, 20, and they had John Mechie. 20 players drafted in the top three rounds. 20 from so that that's team. So that's second? That's second for me. And third for me is the 2018 Clemson team. So that was 
the freshman year of Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. When they beat Saban 44-16 to in the national title game. And you did a monologue that week saying that Trevor Lawrence just had the best freshman season of all time. Yeah, he, he came on. I forget the name of the guy who was their starter. And like a couple of weeks into the season, uh, Dabo Sweeney made the switch to Trevor Lawrence. He, who had they had another for, starter who had been successful, very successful there, and benching him was a big deal. He went to Missouri. What was his name again? Um, I can't remember his name, but whatever it was, and, and he made that switch. Ke- Kelly Bryant was his name. That was, that was his name. So that's the third team? So that's who I have as my top three. Who 20- else was on that team? Do you, do you have the names? That you see, the of, the tw- of-, of the 2018 team? Yeah, who else in general I, was I on that team I have a few. Travis, Travis Etienne was on that team. Okay. Uh, Hunter Renfro was on that team. Right. Amari Rogers was on that team. Yeah. Christian Wilkins, who I think is in the NFL. He, so. he Dexter, is in the NFL. He just, he just grabbed Josh Allen by the, in a, by the privates in the, yeah, uh, on, uh, uh, Dexter in the Lawrence. on Sunday night. They were loaded. Dexter Lawrence. That was, yeah. that was Dabo's best All right, so go through the Higgins. one through ten. Okay, so 2019 LSU is one. 2020 Alabama is two. Okay. And 2018 Clemson is three. Those I feel good about. I have 2022 Georgia at four and 2021 Georgia at five. Okay. It's mostly the same people. Hard to differentiate. I have the 27. But the second one was unbeaten and the first one wasn't, which right? Is, yes, which is why I have him in that order. Right. Then I have 2017 Alabama, the aforementioned, and then I have 2023 Michigan at seven. Even though um, Michigan went undefeated, I don't think they would have beaten that 2017 Alabama team. Then I uh, finish it out with 2015 Bama, 2014 Ohio State is nine for me, and then 2016 Clemson, I think, was the weakest of these 10 teams. They won the title. That was the Deshaun Watson team, mm-hmm. so that's who I have 10. All right, that, that, that list, you, you have it up on Twitter. I saw you posted... So you can see it. Hembo's Twitter, Twitter is what? At Paul Hemb? At Paul Hembo. That's terrible Twitter handle, that is. is What's wrong with that? ESPN <laughs> Greeny? No, it's, it's way worse than ESPN Greeny. By the way, Hembo was taken. I, I did. ESPN I did Greeny tells a story. I'm Greeny and I work at ESPN, as opposed to soon to be Carolina Panthers GM Greeny, which is what I'll have to change my <laughs> handle to at some point fairly soon. All right, good fun today. See you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.